Today is the last day of school in Putnam County for the 2019-2020 school year. It is a two-hour day, and dismissal is at 10 a.m. The last two months have been anything but normal for the school system. With me today is the new director of schools, Corby King, and the school business officer, Mark Reynolds. We're going to discuss how the system has adapted, graduation, sports, budgets, and what is the outlook for the 2020-2021 school year. Good morning, gentlemen. Good morning, Ben. Thank y'all both for being here. Y'all been on before, and 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 I'm glad to officially now say you are the director of schools. You're no more interim, even though I read interim Monday <laughs> night in the commission meeting uh, as we're going through a report, and I'm just wasn't thinking. But you are no, you're no longer interim. You're official. So congratulations again. Thanks, Ben. Um, done a great job with everything that's been thrown at you. I know that. It's we, and I've had several conversations with people about everything that's been going on since you've taken over, and and, and y'all. I know it's a team effort. You'll never take full credit i know that but it's y'all have waited through it very well um so today you have about two hours left and the school year is over except for graduation but right. the f- school year will be officially over what is going on today during these two hours so the official school year is over in two hours today as far as teachers and administrators are concerned before summer break you know this would be the day normally the kids would be getting report cards and checking out of school and and uh uh, the school's out for summer, playing on everybody's radio, all that kind of fun stuff. Uh, the students really finished up last Friday. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the remote learning period that we have been in in the last two months, last nine weeks basically, ended on Friday the 15th. Uh, this week, teachers have primarily been collecting devices. I mean, we gave out a little over 2,000 uh, Chromebooks, uh, devices for families uh, that didn't have a de- something for remote learning right. in their home. And around 550, 560 hotspots okay. uh, for families that did not have internet connectivity, and we were able to get a hotspot and provide internet connectivity for them. Sure. Uh, I know that didn't hit all students, but it did hit the majority of families and right. students. And uh, and a lot of those were multifamily homes, so a hotspot would would serve you know three, four, five children in a lot of homes. Right. Uh, so that that's what we've been doing this week. Grades are finalized. Uh, report cards, teachers are cleaning up classrooms, getting ready. The cleaning service will still be in to wax floors. Uh, the summer work that has to be completed for maintenance and cleaning service, teachers are just wrapping up all those type things. Cumulative records are fi- being finalized today. Uh, the, the typical end of the year school activities. So what has the last two months, and I want to talk to both of you about this, uh, especially on the financial side, Mark, as well, but what has the last two months, Corby, been like, for the school system. Wow. You know, that that's this, this is unprecedented, probably been overused, mm-hmm. but it really has been. You know, I, I, this is my 21st year in education, and it's not – we have never planned for a closure like this. Right. You don't come up with scenarios like this. No. It's a lot of learning as you go. Uh, the same thing that we're experiencing in the communities and businesses are experiencing. But education, public education especially, we depend on people and face-to-face interaction and being able to have that uh, time with the students where you're going through the lessons and you have uh, presenting the, the, the new information and getting the questions and the feedback and reteaching and checking for understanding. Uh, that depends on a lot of face-to-face time that we've just not had the last two sure, months. Uh, sure. So teachers adapting to providing lessons online or providing paper packets, students receiving the information that way. Uh, if you're not a traditional homeschool family, you're just not ready for that type of environment. And right. We were thrown into it. Right. Uh, and, and it's so uh, – it's been a, a 
huge learning period, learning curve for us in education, for our teachers, for our staff and mm-hmm. administrators, and also for the students and families to see you know the type of things that actually go on on a daily basis. Financially, Mark, what's it done? Is it has it changed? And I mean, I know the lights ain't on as much. Uh, the air conditioning ain't on as much, or maybe it is. I don't know. Has it changed anything financially for the school system? Well, you know, um, we immediately uh, had a meeting when we first came back, I guess after spring break. That's when it really started. And um, Corby and myself and the other supervisors, we tried to come up with a plan on how how we could keep operating. You know, payroll has to keep getting paid. Um, invoices are still coming in. Sure. So, um in the central office, at least, what we did was um, we gave everyone the option to work at home, and that really worked out well. I think a lot of, uh, I mean, businesses in general right. are kind of uh, somewhat hesitant sometimes to to do the work at home, but we, you know, we set it up. We made sure people had what they needed. We set up schedules, coming by, getting invoices, payroll, and we didn't miss a beat. Um, I'd have to really commend our, um, our our payroll staff, our accounts payable staff. Everyone like that, the whole the whole central office, especially the finance department, at least I can say that all the all the bookkeepers and secretaries in the finance uh, or in the uh, not this finance office, but the central office. And that's across they kept all it of going. the schools. Yeah. And, and all of the schools. Um, a lot of people in the schools did, you know, we, the meals were still yes. being served. There were people that had to go in. Sure. But, um, but you know, we adapted and and it worked out well. And. We're, we're still working. Right. We're still going. So well, that's good. And I want to commend the system. And I don't know what the discussions were like on the meals still being provided for the students, but I think that was – I don't think – you didn't have to, did you? I mean, was that a uh, – No, we didn't have to. Um, you know, there were things – and it was part of this conversation statewide. It wasn't right. just within our school system. But conversations across the state, how can we continue to support students' families? How can we continue to provide meals? Sure. There were lots of waivers uh, that were put in place, so we're able to provide meals in a different manner, actually been able to go to to neighborhoods and do the deliveries, the things that we've been able to do that are non-traditional, uh, and those waivers continue to change. And that's been one of the challenges with this is the, the guidelines that were given. Uh, whatever the guidance might be today could be very different tomorrow. Right. And so we've been having to change and adapt, and our supervisors and staff have done a great job with that in school nutrition leading the way in transportation department. Uh, we're on target as of Wednesdays, the last day uh, that we have fed uh, students, Wednesday the 20th. Right. And uh, the last time I looked at the numbers, around 425,000 meals Wow. Uh, that we have provided uh, since uh, spring break for students and families. Wow. So, that, and that's, I think, just thank y'all for that and thank yeah. the school system for that and okay. the board. Uh, a lot of people made that happen. Sure. It's a lot of the waivers from the state and the federal government, yeah. too, to make sure that the food was there and being able to pay and provide and support our, our people. And it's, uh, from what I heard, the logistics of it ended up being working out pretty well, especially in, in the west side of the county. I, I didn't have any complaints or didn't hear any complaints about you know how you pick the meals up and getting sure. in and getting out. I thought it was great. So There were a few early. You know, people who'd like for us to deliver meals to a business or deliver meals to homes, and, and we started out really probably too big, Ben. We, right. we tried to do some of that stuff, uh, but it overwhelmed our staff. We just did not have – I mean, you know – the uh, school nutrition staff, we've got a lot of, uh, I don't know if people realize this, but a lot of folks in that high-risk category, some older ladies that are in there, and they weren't just preparing and serving the meals out of the cafeteria, but they're loading those in coolers and loading those big coolers on buses and right. ta- taking them out. It really took a toll on them, so we I'm had sure. to call on our 
uh, other teacher assistants and some teachers that helped and some supervisors that helped at times, uh, just different people to go into the schools. Uh, and they really did a great job getting out into the neighborhoods, getting to where the kids are, and the family's been able to come by. I know my own my own children have gotten the meals. Uh, they come through our neighborhood. There's a stop in the neighborhood. The bus blows the horn, they said, when it goes by. Right. I've not been there when they've done that, but – they said the bus blows the horn, and so there's three or four houses around us, and they, the kids all go out and go to the bus stop. So. Was it was it different uh, delivering the meals in those areas affected by the tornado? Was there uh, yes, exceptions just, made? Just, sure, absolutely. You know, those routes changed. And, and that's really you, – you, we don't want to forget, this really started for us March 3rd sure. with the tornado. Right. Because we were out of school for three days, and then we were on spring break for a week. Right. And we just didn't come back from school. Right. So – Students and families who lived in that area, and I know you represent a lot of those families, Ben, uh, March 3rd, their school year ended. Yeah, uh, that's and, right. And we've not been back since. Yeah, so. I, I actually uh, work out some with one of the seniors that was affected by the tornado, and that's what he said. He he said if he'd have known March 3rd or March 2nd, March 2nd. would have been the last day he'd oh, been wow. in school, you know, he'd, he'd have made sure to make the most of it, and I felt bad for him, golly. We feel bad for all of them. Um, got a couple minutes in this segment. What – and we, this can roll over to the next segment too. Sure. But what kind of discussion? I, and you know, I talk to you, and I Mark, I talk to you, and of course, Lynn mm-hmm. McHenry has talked to him a lot, and I have teacher friends. But what kind of discussion <clears throat> did you and your staff and the board have when uh, when talking about delivering subject content to the students when the pandemic happened? So you know, we are really, and, and this is going to have to roll into the sure, next section sure. segment because it's not a, a one two minute answer right. here. Uh, we are in a very fortunate situation, and this goes back to you know really forward progressive thinking from Mr. Boyd, Sam Brooks, and uh, the vision they had to create our vital uh, team, okay. that vital department. And vital is the acronym Virtual uh, Instruction to Accentuate Learning. Right. And really, it's a, it provides uh, some of our dual enrollment personalized learning. They oversee those. Uh, High school credit uh, advancement courses, personal finance. There's lots of things that go into that vital program where, uh, or maybe you're a middle school student taking a high school credit class that could be done through vital. There's just lots of options there. That program was already in place, and we had just kind of a foundation of uh, right. that we could start with. So when we started looking at instruction, it was just a natural fit that that program that department can lead the way okay so it so started we'll with start. vital yeah it had a framework there so that's good okay well we'll continue because i want to know how kind of how that conversation went with the board and all that because i know sure. they've been supportive but you're listening to trending this has been rogers i have corby king director of schools and mark reynolds the school business officer for putnam county we'll return in just a moment welcome back to trending this has been rogers your host i have corby king the putnam county director of schools and mark reynolds the putnam county school business officer with me this morning and this is the last day of school two-hour day and it's a good time to have them in talking about everything that's happened over the last nine weeks or so uh we we left last segment talking about the discussions and decisions to deliver content that subject content those students are used to receiving every day when they go to the classroom how can you deliver that content you mentioned that the vital team and and uh, of course mr boyd that was here and, and mr brooks that's over vital he is the yes. vital leader sam brooks is yep. our vital coordinator and, and our supervisor and he, he and his team, it's it's phenomenal. And our technology coordinator, Johnny Sloan, yeah. uh, supervisor, their their teams have been instrumental in making sure what we've been able to do the last two months has happened. 
So uh, when, when y'all talked about it on the front end, did you have to have a board meeting or any, anything like no, that we didn't. to make official decisions? It was decision? a lot of email okay. because there weren't decisions. It was just, you know, the board. And this is one of the things I, I'm very fortunate here. And, and uh, I have a very good supportive board. Mm-hmm. They stay in, stay in touch with what's going on. Uh, but pretty much they, they just entrusted our staff, you know, what decisions do we need to, to make moving forward. So it's a lot of emails just letting them know what we were doing, but they weren't a part of that every day. We didn't have to have board meetings to make decisions. They just trusted we were going to take care of our students and families. And that was our primary goal. That was our concern. We're teachers. We're educators. We don't know what this is going to look like, but we want to take care of our kids and families. So when this all started, you know, and you go back again to March 3rd with the tornado, uh, the first thing, you know, we closed school for a couple of days just, you know, for everybody. Right. But then it was as simple as sending the board members a text and saying, do you all mind? You know, we've got teachers and, and staff members whose homes were destroyed, affected, right. that need some extra time. Uh, are you okay with me approving, giving them an additional, you know, two two days, three days? I don't remember how many days it was. Up to Mark, four days. Up to four. Yeah. Or it might have been that week, I right. guess, before spring break, so right. five days. But anyway, and – Without hesitation, they were all quickly, yes, and they they wouldn't want me telling this, but even donating their board pay to yeah. make sure that subs are covered yeah. for those classrooms. Sure. It's just the kind of people they are. They are uh, wonderful. So uh, anyway, we, we gave those who lost their homes an additional week right there before spring break. We go on spring break. The COVID stuff's coming out, coronavirus, all the news. And then that Monday of spring break, the governor uh, comes out and announces we're out of school. <laughs> Uh, we're closing through March, and I don't remember what the date, March 20th at first or 22nd, whatever that was. It's, so, yeah, yeah uh, it kind of all runs together because the information yeah. was changing so quickly. Things were things were literally changing, not just daily, hourly. hourly. They sure were. <laughs> we were you, you know, I, I mean, everyone experienced the same thing. So right. But, I mean, so it's kind of text and emails little, blowing but, up. We'll yeah. send out email. This is what we're going to do yeah, as right. a staff. And then, and then that changes again by Wednesday. That first week, I, I sent more emails to our entire faculty probably uh, than we've sent in the last four or five years to the entire group, uh, just trying to change with the information. Right. Uh, as the governor made new announcements, new recommendations, we had to follow suit. Uh, for us, it was never a question of we're just going to stop. Right. I know there were systems that did, but – we, we started on day one when he made that announcement, okay, let's look at if this gets extended, what are we going to do? How are we going to let this roll? We started out by giving students the extended week for spring break, moving back to a two-week spring break, but bringing the teachers and staff back. Uh, the first email I sent out was we're all going to meet on this day, and then it was, wait, we've got more than 10 people you can't meet. Okay, we'll change it. We're going to meet by Zoom. Right. You know, it's uh, just changing, being flexible. That, If anything, we've learned to be more flexible during this time. Uh, but you know, when we started uh, meeting with teachers and staff again, leaning on the vital team, there we met for several hours a day during that first week. What do we need? What do we got to have in place? Who do we need to bring into this conversation to uh, roll this platform out? They built an entire website for remote learning in that first week. Right. Uh, the vital team, and that was again Sam and Lance, Lance Key was a big part of that. Uh, and, and there are several others. If I start naming names, I'll leave people out, so I, I need to be careful with that. But uh, they built an entire platform, putting all of the resources, and, and we've been inundated with additional resources, and we're trying not to give that to students and families, but find things that were meaningful that sure. students can use. Right. Uh, we already, most of our students are, are familiar. We use a Google platform, mm-hmm. uh, Google Classroom. 
Our students are familiar with that. They all have a single login for all of the different uh, apps that they use in the classroom and the teachers. So that was just a natural place for us to begin storing information right. and setting that up. That's something that we, we've learned a lot about uh, how to get that instruction so it's meaningful and it's not just busy work. We've still got work to do. Right. I mean, this has all been new. I know we uh, we overwhelmed a lot of families at first uh, once we did begin the remote learning period because I'll talk about my kids. Sure. I've got a freshman and a seventh grader. And my freshman at one point, gosh, Dad, we do more work now than we ever did when we were in school. <laughs> I heard that from several kids. <laughs> and, and, and I tried to explain, you're really not, because you are not spending seven, eight hours a day doing right, work. Right. Uh, because you know, normally they would have that class face-to-face interaction. So a lot of the stuff they were having to do, you know, just through email or work, right. it was stuff they would have in a class discussion that you're not having now. Sure. So it felt like to the students they're doing a lot more work. When really they weren't, you know, you're spending, you know, two, three hours a day on these assignments rather than seven hours a day in a classroom. Right. So you know, it felt like a lot more work and it does to the students because it's just in front of a screen. Right. I've also heard, I just miss paper and pencil and sitting in front of the teacher. Sure. You know, they're tired of the computers and yeah. remote, but it, it, the reality is there was no other way to provide the instruction they need yeah. uh, or a better way to provide that. Well, and that, so I I got a funny story because I was asking just curiosity, you know how are how are y'all handling this and talking to different people and um, so my daddy walks twice a day for exercise and in the morning he'll walk probably two miles and in the afternoon he'll walk one to two miles whatever he feels like doing and take his dog. Well, I looked that one day and my nephew, my mm-hmm. brother Jason's son Jace, he's eleven almost eleven, was walking with my daddy and that's he's done it before. It's kind of rare because mm-hmm. he's in the video games sure. as most kids are so i'm like hey jace you know i'm passing on the road i said what are you doing buddy he goes well my pe teacher said we had to walk a mile today and i said yes. that's good i said that's great i said really he said yeah i had to walk a mile today yeah. he goes yeah we're getting his mile in and daddy yeah. said he'd already done his 30 push-ups and his 50 sit-ups and what something else he had to do yes. i said this is great like these kids well, are staying even though they're virtual and they, yes. they can't reach out and talk to the teacher in, in person or or give their buddy a high five or whatever in pe they're they're still staying in tune and connected to not only their teacher and their classmates by Absolutely. doing these workouts or doing everything else English math whatever. But I thought that was great and I learned that day. I didn't. It's like I said, what he said. Well, I got on a Zoom meeting and the PE teacher said this, this, and this. I'm <laughs> yes. like, great, you know. Well, that, so the expectation you know, Ben was for te- all teachers, didn't matter what subject you teach. Mm-hmm. So that includes your PE, your sure. art, your, your music. Right. Uh, both of my kids are you know are in band, so they were having to record videos playing their instruments and nice. send them back to the band teacher. They would send the you know this is what you need to be working on this week that type stuff. And their PE teachers the same kind of thing. They had, you know, minimum physical activity. Here's your choices for the day. Sure. And I really appreciate, I'll say this to your brother and your dad, you know, making sure that he was engaged in doing yeah, that. Yeah, they did. So for our families who kept their students engaged, as we move in and you look into the fall, and if, if this becomes something that we have to do periodically from time, gosh, we hope we don't. Right. I, I don't want to project that we're doing that. We hope we're in school and it's normal. Yeah. But if we are in this period, we have to have students and families engaged. Sure. And they have to be participating, and it takes the family to get the kids to get out and do that. So, uh, and, 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 and I agree. And what, what other school systems – do you think all schools, or you may know, school systems in Tennessee were able to do like the virtual, the, no, the Google not. platform? They're no, not, are no, they? No, no, They don't have that ability. We really led the way. A lot of s- systems are calling us. Okay. What are you doing? How are you? Now, there's some doing it better, too, I'm sure. Yeah. I mean, you know, there are those who are one-to-one, right. uh, which is a huge financial cost. We're, there's no way we could do that here. Right. 
uh, we leaned heavily on families. That was part of that first week uh, when teachers were back. Uh, they were surveying families to find out, do you have a device in your home? Do you have Internet connectivity in your home? And most families, what we found is most had at least a device in the home. Sure. So we that's why, you know, out of our 12,000 students, we only had to provide around 2,000 Chromebooks. Which is pretty good, which really. Which is really good. Yeah. And we have that. We have the capability to provide that. So we leaned heavily on the homes and what you already have at your house. Uh, and then internet connectivity, the ones who couldn't get that, and we could get it to them. Like I said earlier, around 550-something homes, right. uh, which is multiple students, but 550-some-odd homes that we provided connectivity. And then there were some re- remote areas we just couldn't help. Right. I mean, that you can't get it, get the connectivity to them. Well, and that's but, it's kind of interesting you say that because I had a conversation with with a couple of my classmates, you know, we're like, well, what would we have done in 1996? Paper, if anything, I'll tell you, if we would have done anything at that time, Ben, and that was, uh, I started my career in, in uh, 99 mm-hmm. and uh, 90, student taught 98. Um, we would have provided paper packets. I mean, we barely used, had a computer and email. There wasn't a computer in every teacher right. classroom at That's that right. time. Right. And now, and I know it's a big expense, you and Mark understand coming out of our budget, but we provide a laptop to our teachers, every sure. teacher in the system. So that expectation was already there. We're providing, and if you need Internet access, and we provided hotspots to a few teachers sure, right. because they didn't have access at home, right. but they have the laptop. Right. So that, that, that helped us lay those expectations out for teachers. And then it was just a matter of how are we going to get the instruction to students and what's it going to look like. Yeah, because I remember working on a computer in computer class my freshman, sophomore year, but we didn't have emails. We, no, you know, no. we didn't have we, – we're just new to the and internet. now it, every student in Putnam County has a student, PCSSTN, email. Yeah email account they're very familiar with it from kindergarten up very familiar with the platform how to log in uh how to access the the apps that we're using in class uh so the kids really are more comfortable with it than the parents in a lot yeah, of cases i'm sure i didn't have an email until i went to tech so i was, I was the same way yeah. well email was invented while i was at tech <laughs> yeah, there you go <laughs> you're listening to trending i have corby king and martin reynolds with me from the putnam county school system we're closing our second segment we'll come back and next segment we'll talk about graduation and what the plans are for that be back in just a minute. Welcome back to Trending. This is Ben Rogers, your host. I continue to talk with Corby King, the director of schools for Putnam County School System, and Mark McReynolds, the school business officer. Mark, by the way, school's business officer basically means finance director. So for people asking, what is a school business officer? He's the man with the money. He's the watching CFO, the money. Yeah, CFO. Yeah, CFO. Various um, uh, designations. Yeah. Yes. And, and Corby is very involved. They keep, me, they keep me out of jail person. Right. Hey, Mark, can we do this? Right. Yeah. And Corby's very involved. He just mm-hmm. don't. Just step back and never look at the finances, but Mark is the man that's controlling it, and he's got a good staff. So uh, let's talk about graduation, Corbett. Sure. What is the information for graduation for Coville High School, Monterey High School, and Upperman High School? Right. So uh, we're very fortunate to be able to keep the same type schedule, uh, even though it's very delayed in a different atmosphere. Uh, But as far as the Friday night, Saturday morning, Saturday afternoon, it's been traditional for several years now. Uh, We're able to keep that. Uh, Upperman High School will be on Friday night, June the 12th. Uh, okay. That'll be at 6 p.m. at Tucker Stadium at, t- at Tennessee Tech. Cookville High School at 10 a.m. on Saturday the 13th okay. uh, at 10 a.m. Tucker Stadium at Tennessee Tech. And then Monterey High School at 4 p.m. Okay. also at Tucker Stadium uh, there at Tech. So uh, this is the first time we've done outdoor graduations yeah. that I since I've been yeah, in Putnam County but, School System. That I know of. Uh, this will be, you know, we're, we're praying for for good weather and no sure. rain and maybe not 100 degrees in June. <laughs> so, yeah. uh, but we'll deal with whatever comes our way. We do have a uh, rain dates, which is the following weekend, Friday, okay. Saturday night. Okay. Uh, 
just for logistical purposes, we'll have to kind of watch that closely. Uh, if we have to move one, we really will likely need to move, move all, all three yeah. because we're having to rent chairs, rent sure. a stage, rent sound. I mean, so and then Livingston Academy is partnering with us uh, okay. for part of that cost, and they're going to have their graduation at Tucker Stadium on Sunday afternoon. Okay, uh, so theirs will be on the fourteenth, and then the the twenty first is their rain date. So really, all four ceremonies will have to, need to be moved just for logistical purposes. Okay, uh, and and that's been huge, and it's really what drove that. Tucker Stadium, honestly, is the only place large enough to hold uh, to have an outdoor graduation sure. uh, and hold the number of guests we need at Cobble High School. Uh, the big difficult thing for graduation being is that we're having to limit the number of guests. Right, uh, we're limiting it to four guests per graduate. But WCT is great. They're going to stream the graduations for us. I think they're going to stream them live. That's, That's what good. we keep pushing that. Sure. Uh, we will be stream, streaming them live on our website, school okay. system website, PCSSTN.com, and okay. Facebook Live. Okay. Uh, but then for folks who might not have Internet access, WCT is going to air the ceremonies as well. Okay. So if you're a family and you're one of the members that didn't get one of the four uh, guest right. certificates, you can st- hey, you can watch it from your air-conditioned home. Right. <laughs> and, 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 and then you can still have the family dinner after. You might get tasked with picking up dinner and drinks, but yep. – uh, you can still get together for dinner in your home and have the celebration. Uh, but we're really having trying to follow recommendations, guidelines from the health department, the CDC, and others is why we're limiting the guests. Sure. What we're doing, it's uh, four guests per family or f- per graduate. Your four guests will sit together. There'll be six feet between you and the next group, and then every other row in the stadium. Okay. And there's not an indoor facility in Putnam County to house even Monterey graduation in one setting. By doing it that way. Correct. Yeah. So uh, – we could have possibly had Monterey or Upperman. I know there was a big thing. We could have possibly done that at the fairgrounds. Right. We could not get Cookville High Schools in. Sure. And I understand absolutely Monterey and Upperman would like to have the same opportunities sure. as Cookville and be at Tech. It's a, it's a beautiful facility. Uh, so if we're going to take a shot at this and be outdoors, uh, we want all of our graduates to have that same type of experience. Absolutely. And I know I know there's tough decisions made. As being a, uh, an official, and you have to make tough sure. decisions. And I'm sure there's been people who say, well, we don't – care about the guidelines well the guidelines are the guidelines they really are and we, we have to, we have to care about the community and i've had people reach out can you just rope off a section of the bleachers for people who don't care and let us all sit together <laughs> no, <laughs> no we can't, we can't. <laughs> and no we can't i mean we're very fortunate to even be having a ceremony there are school systems who are not mm-hmm. there are schools i heard in knox county they're not allowing any guests right uh, there's some that are doing totally just video type graduation ceremonies or uh, streaming some type of live ceremony money like that without guests and and limiting the number of graduates at a time and splicing those together and those are all options we considered but what we heard from our graduates and from their families is they wanted a traditional graduation ceremony so for us to do that working again closely with the health department and and, and the uh our local health officials especially what can we do to reasonably provide that and i'm sure there'll be some other we have a graduation task force working on this We'll send that information to families in the, in the next uh, couple of weeks, what it's going to look like, how you get your tickets. I think we're using armbands for tickets, kind of like if you've been to a concert sure. like Bonnaroo or somewhere like that. Uh, Pilgrimage Fest, they use the armbands now. Right. That's what you, you'll have armbands. Uh, the graduates will need to get those to their guests. Um, and we're going to try to be as reasonable as we can, uh, socially distancing family units as they come into the gates and now exiting you know, I, I know out in the parking lots it's going to be up to families. That's going to be on them. But at least inside the facility, that's what we're going to try to do. And we're going to sit. The graduates will be seated on the field six feet apart. 
uh, as they come up to get their diplomas. They'll be you know six feet spacing yeah. in the line. So we're going to be as reasonable as we can following the health department guidelines just so we can have this ceremony for the graduates. You're probably going to have all hands on deck. I Absolutely. Assume, uh, teachers, everybody you can get. to. We will. Yeah. And we will have some that are you know high-risk groups that won't be able to be there, and I absolutely understand that. Sure. Uh, but we, we will have enough staff to cover and make sure that this goes well. And, and partnering again with the sheriff's department, uh, make, you know, our SROs do a great job. They do. But they'll be all hands on deck being there to provide security for us and help us and then also EMS and nine one one EMA uh, Brandon Tyler Smith Tommy Couple you know those guys all do a great job uh, partnering with us and they'll be there to provide uh, health uh, checks and things because we're gonna be outside uh, hopefully we won't have heat related issues but they'll have folks there sure. to, to watch for that as well so uh, it's a lot of a lot of moving parts with this but we're excited about it uh, so pray for no rain that weekend yeah, and uh, maybe cool temperatures cool and, temperatures and, yeah. and, and we're excited well so. may's been uh, i mean to me's been cool it has cool weather so it's a little I'm scary because gene could just fire, that's fire true <laughs> i was actually hoping it would be a cooler summer that way is a good trend but you're right i think it was like what eight years ago may was in the hundreds and then june was warm but then next thing you know july's in the 80s you're like yes. what is going on but maybe yeah. it maybe june will be okay maybe graduate i'm just thankful of course i'm i don't have uh, uh immediate family graduating so i won't be there but i'm glad these kids get an opportunity to walk Absolutely. so again no, y'all doing great and, and for a while you know you didn't know the board didn't know if there would be graduation that's it, right i mean were there things that happened to to Good things that happen that y'all just did. Y'all just keep paying attention to the guidelines. You talk to the state, I guess. The state we've give been a blessing. In, it really is. We, we've been and and like Mark said earlier, you know, daily and sometimes hourly, you know, changes in communication with all of our state and local officials. The one thing is, we've never considered not having a ceremony. We, we've not canceling has not ever been an option for us. Right. But what can it look like? What can we do? Uh, and once we, we heard from the community and the seniors, really, that they wanted that traditional ceremony, that was our focus. Sure. So when can we have it? Where can we make this happen? It was a lot of discussions and a lot of back and forth with our community leaders, the state leaders, the health department, just to get to a point where we can do this. Uh, and I think the other Upper Cumberland, I, I'm meeting uh, and talking weekly with the Upper Cumberland directors, the other school systems, and we're all in a similar place. They're all limiting their graduates just like we are. Right. Four seems to be the number. Really, when you know, if you look at CDC guidelines, they're saying two guests per graduate. We extended to four because we know we've got a lot of split families, yeah. where mom and dad and their right. their spouse, or maybe you've got siblings that are in the home. Right. So we all kind of settled on four to right. try to keep family units, and we know there's even still some families that that's not enough tickets. Right. Yeah, uh, you're right. But uh, they'll choose, and, and and I'm hoping families will help the graduates out, not put them in the spot where they have to be the ones choosing that. Uh, but anyway, well, one of my big things here lately is telling people to to you know be kind to one another. All the, all the decisions being made is unprecedented, as you said. Yeah. This is new territory. And one good thing that we have learned from all this is that there's you know what you said earlier about the meals. You, there's things you learn not to do next time yes. if it happens next time, and we hope it don't. But this is a learning process, and we're learning how to deal basically with a disaster or pan- pandemic, and so we're learning from this. Um, Summer sports yeah. practice. We know springs spring sports were canceled. Right. Uh, summer sports. Do you have an update on what? Because summer sports and the, well, summer sports practice is starting. Would be starting here shortly. Mm-hmm. Then that's for the fall sports like football and right. volleyball and all that. So uh, I, I, we are uh, going to slowly begin reopening facilities on June first. Okay. Uh, 
TWSAA, you know, wrote really some guidelines that once school ended uh, as a group in the Upper Cumberland with our local health officials and, and really trying to, you know, all of us stay on the same page looking at the numbers and the situation in our community. And we're trying to rely on that as well. And as you know, right now, our numbers are still climbing in Putnam County. Sure. We've not peaked yet. Right. So we've got to be cautious as we reopen. Uh, sports and athletics, that's one of the things we're going to reopen beginning June 1. Uh, the athlete, high school athletic directors are working. They're meeting together with the health department to come up with what that looks like. Groups of 10 or fewer cleaning the machines between if you're in a facility. Right. Uh, if uh, I've seen different guidelines. I'm not sure what they're going to develop yet for hours locally. It'll depend on the health department. Sure. Uh, but the big thing is that just coaches will be able to have contacts and monitor the workouts, monitor the type uh, activities the athletes are participating in. We might can get some groups of 10 or fewer on the field for some on, uh, just on-field right. uh, instruction and activity tryouts, that type of stuff. Right. So slow opening. Same thing, our school-age child care opening June 1st. Um, lots of new protocols, procedures. Our staff will be wearing masks. The parents not coming into the building will come out to the car and get the children and bring them back right. uh, for check-in, check-out type things. Uh, and limiting to 10 or fewer eating lunch in the classrooms rather than the cafeteria as groups. Uh, so a lot of changes as as we do this, but we're going to try to be smart in our reopening. Okay. All right. That concludes the third segment. We have one more left. I'm glad we do because we got a little bit more to talk about uh, uh, some budget. want to get some budget stuff. That's why we got Mark here too. Uh, and then talk about what schools maybe looks like next year. We'll be back in just a minute. Welcome back to Training. This has been Rogers. The last segment I have with Corby King, our director of schools in Putnam County, and, and Mark McReynolds, the school business officer. want to talk about budgets here in just a minute, uh, and then maybe talk about, if we have time, what the school year may look like for next year. We don't know, but just have some discussion. Uh, and you just closed the last segment. Corby was saying the sports facilities would open up June 1st, but right. there's all kinds of limitations. So if you got questions on that and you missed the last segment, make sure you, you know and understand what the limitations are. Um, and they'll be able to talk to the coaches and athletic directors. Sure. Uh, you know, just to get some clarification as they open up. But know that we're working with our health officials. And, and right now, I feel like we're in a fortunate spot just to be able to reopen some of these things. Yeah. Uh, uh, you know, we know that the students need some supervision to make sure they're doing the activities correctly, uh, that they're not picking up so many bad habits. Right. So the sooner we can get them back uh, with the coaches and having eyes on them, uh, the better position we'll be. In. That's good. That's good. Uh, normally, this time of year, we're knee deep in budgets. You know, it's middle of May, uh, budget committees. Probably already met two or three times looking at uh, revenue, looking at uh, projected expenditures for the year closing out in June, looking at the budget requests from all departments. The biggest department we have is the school system, biggest budget we have in Putnam, Kansas school system. We've not met yet. I'm on the budget committee. We've not met. We've talked about it, but we didn't feel like there's a need because, one, meeting is still going to be virtual up to this point. I think that's going to change in the next couple of weeks. But, um, two, we're so uh, – clueless i should say on revenue you know absolutely sales tax revenue is a big part of y'all's budget sales tax revenue is a big part of the county's budget especially in the debt service we don't know for sure where it's going to be at i have my thoughts i've said them on the show um you know i I think it's going to be down overall for especially april and a little bit in march but you know i i can actually foresee maybe um the county portion, like you know, all the sales that happen out of the side of the city limits and the unincorporated areas being up because of the online, you know, they changed mm-hmm. the law about online sales tax going to the point of sale. Mm-hmm. So, and I live in the rural part of the county. I'm an unincorporated, so anything I buy, my sales tax is now going to the county, whereas before it went to the city. Correct. So I can see that part of the sales tax being up. 
But overall, I think we're going to be down. I'm still holding out hope for Walmart, Lowe's, <laughs> Kroger, Kroger, Publix, Food Line, you know, Publix, all that. I'm holding out some stores, hope to balance um, some of that. You know, the, Potter's and uh, the, um, the Potter's and Baxter is was yeah. busy. They were having record sales. online takeout and online yeah. liquors to, you know, oh, take yeah. out. You know, to, to go margaritas. <laughs> it's know. weird going. It was weird going to the the to get Mexican from a restaurant and seeing a person in the car beside you drinking a margarita in the car is like. Anyway, it's supposed um, to have been taped, and the lid's taped. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, um, <laughs> but um, you know, we, we the budgets is key. So, Mark, hey, I know you've been working on budget regardless, even though it hasn't been talked about. What What are y'all thinking this year on the the budget submission for the school system? Well, uh, what we did is, uh, of course, you're right. We've been working on it for several February, months here. Right. This isn't this isn't just <laughs> right. uh, a one week deal. But um, We've come in trying to hold our costs as best we can, mm-hmm. hold our expenditures, which we've done pretty much on all our expenditure line items. Um, we had an increase in BP. That's the amount that the state gives us, the state portion. Uh, uh, luckily, uh, our first estimate, which we got in April, was an increase over from last year in the BP revenue of $2,381,000. Okay. So that really helped. Um, we saw a pretty good increase. And then we just got yesterday our May estimate, which is 219000 more on top of that. Great. Um, in draft one of the budget, um, uh, we did have expenses that were exceeded our revenue increase from the BEP, uh, but um, that was about a million dollars, 1.16 million. 1.16 yeah, $1. million, dollars, but the uh, plan was and the plan is and the board approved it uh, um, to um, – Try to take that out of our, our reserve, our sure. fund balance reserve, right. which I believe will be will, will be fine. We have a pretty good, healthy fund balance at this time. Um, we've been trying to keep that. We we kind of we kind of work towards situations that might come in like this. Right. You know, we we look towards that. But um, do you think everything that's happened is? Re- I mean, y'all've reduced costs, right? Yes. We yes. try to reduce operational wise, right? Yes, but, and so that's helping. I mean, even we again, well, it's helped the fund balance. Yes, yeah, it's yeah. helped your fund so, balance. Right. We really we really worked. We had to. We had to work towards a couple of big items in the last couple of years that really kind of reduced the fund balance. Yes. But we really worked trying to get that back to where it needed to be. Sure. And I feel like we're in a good position. Okay. Uh, kind of kind of at this point in time for a, a time like this. Right. And I think we'll get through this. But um, the governor has uh, a 2% raise for teachers in in the budget from the BEP. That's one of the reasons we're seeing an increase. And that is being um, um, obviously given to the, the staff coming from the state of Tennessee. Um, so I feel like we're in a good position. We're, then, we're going into the budget with the county commission and approved by the uh, the board um, two Thursdays ago to not ask for an increase correct. in okay. any funding. Um, and and that's, our, that that's was, really our goal yeah. is, to, is to come with a zero because we understand the position the yeah. county's in, uh, both with the losses from the tornado and then the coronavirus, the sales tax declines. Yeah. Uh, we're very cognizant of that. We also know Mark mentioned that raise, but I know the General Assembly's not passed their final budget. Right. They're coming back in June, June. in the session. Uh, if they begin cutting the budget, uh, you know, it could be that that 2% increase gets cut. If it gets cut there, we'll have to cut it locally as well if our BEP doesn't uh, – if we don't get the BEP that right. we're uh, – projected to we'll, receive. we'll just have to follow the governor what the governor if, sure. if or or what the legislature passes right. but right. i mean that that's what we're trying to do is just pass what the state onto right. the onto the, the, the BEP part is about 60 percent of our budget uh that we receive from the state funding right. you talk about the sales tax i think it's around 17 percent sales tax uh revenue that comes to our budget and the one good thing of course you and i talk every especially mark yeah. and i talk about setting you know allocating more sales tax to general for the school fund 
The good thing about the way it's set up this year. <laughs> Mark and I talked about this on the way over yeah, here. This has been very fortunate. And, you know, um, we, we've had discussions about this sure. since 2008, that was, you know, yeah. That, yeah. When, when it was actually done. And, um, you know, we, we can all thought the sales tax free. We yeah. can all have a, a difference of opinion and we, we work through it and we're really just trying to do the best for the county. Sure. Everyone is. But this has been a situation where, you know, I, I believe the county is just going to have to kind of consider maybe some of the uh, capital uh, projects and yeah. maybe uh, delay those a little bit. I guess oh, that's yeah. up to the county. But yeah. the fact that the sales tax is, is really being frozen or has been frozen to the school system is really kind of fortunate because we really know what our revenue is going to be. You're, you're going to get yours regardless. Right. Exactly. I mean, because it's in the written in the budget resolution, you get a, a fixed amount, amount of sales tax. And if it, if that's all that comes in total for the county, then y'all have it. Seven, and Seventeen million dollars. Seventeen million dollars. So that's this is a, only one good year that that works in y'all's right. favor. Rest other, of it. The other years yeah. we could debate. You know, the, the growth funds were, were a little. But this, you know, this is a type situation where it does. Sure. And, and so y'all are submitting right now, and of course things could change and no increase. And most of the department heads that I've, that I've heard in Putnam County have done the same. Yes, Everybody's sending correct. in status quo from last year other than raises. Uh, and so, and I think as your, you know, your fund balance, and I think maybe our fund balance if we have to, I think we'll probably be able to manage it anyway. Uh, but right now that's what we're hearing. So we're probably going to meet as a budget committee the first time in June. Yeah, sure. um, and, and of course y'all will be there. I know, but we'll, we'll talk about kind of where we're at. I don't foresee the budget committee meeting a lot this year because I just don't think there's a lot of decisions to be made. Right. right. Yeah. And, and we don't have, we have to see those numbers. And I, sure. the last conversation I had with Mayor Porter is just waiting to see some hard numbers on what it's really going to look like. Uh, the projections are all over the place of how they much are. the decline might be. And we just have, we don't know that they, they and, might be. And with the property tax, you know, with the tornado, with the unfortunate situation, that occurred there, you know, there's there's property that's not on the tax roll anymore. Right. So we got a. Uh, but there's a, an offset in, in new building too. Right. Right. Yeah. yeah. Growth. That's, so. Yeah. so we're hoping that we're hoping at least the penny value is the same as it was yeah, last correct. year, and that'd be great with, that'd the, be with the growth. That's and correct. That, so that's the prayer we got now. Right. Um, we were we have about a couple minutes left, but what I was going to mention too, we were hoping that the state would continue to fund BEP fully. That's what it is. And so right now it, it is. Right now they're giving you that's more, correct. and we hope that don't change. But that was a scare for us. We got about two minutes left. What do we know about next school year? Do we know, you know anything? Mark, or, I'm sorry, Ben. Right now, uh, we're planning to come back to school. Our, our first day, it's July 30th, the 31st this year in the, on the calendar. We're planning to come back to school. Uh, we're, we have multiple scenarios for sure. what that might look like. Uh, there are all kinds of models out there. Every other day uh, might be in school or partial days or every other week. We've not made any of those decisions. We're really we we want the state to give us some consistent st- uh, scenarios right. for all districts to follow because right. there's a lot of accountability waivers that have to come into place to be able to do that. Uh, if the state's not willing to give us a waivers on attendance and accountability, we can't do every other day. So these things that you hear on the on TV that are national models are not Tennessee specific, and so we're waiting to, for Tennessee to make some decisions. Uh, once they do, we, we're we're meeting weekly right now as a right. system in Putnam County. Our supervisors, we have multiple committees uh, that are working on plans for the fall. Uh, we do know that we'll have students that will not be able to return, or if you've got a positive coronavirus test, you may be out of school for three weeks. Sure. Uh, teachers that might have to miss two, three weeks. So what we're working on are plans for if, if Corby gets coronavirus and has to miss three weeks, uh, here's where you go to continue your education. So you don't just you. three weeks of school. Right. It'll be housed, leaning heavily on Google Classroom. We mentioned earlier our vital team. We'll add additional homebound staff and teachers to uh, pick up some of the students and the slack that we will have. Uh, 
uh, we're really just kind of waiting to see what the state's going to do and planning to come back to school in the fall and hopefully as normal as possible. Well, uh, again, I appreciate what you two do, the whole school system, your staff, everybody at the central office, the school board, administrators, teachers, yeah. We have uh, a great community, Ben. Yeah, you know I mean, that. I mean, and it's not it's the school system, but the community as a whole, everybody working together. It is. I mean, it's, uh, we're fortunate in Putnam County to, be, to have what we have. Despite everything that's going on, we have great people. Thank you all for being here. Um, you know, if you have anything, let me know. We'll have you back on, I'm sure, in a few months to kind of get an update on what we're doing for the next school year and sports and all that. Sports is so key to everybody, that, and I understand that. They they want that ability to get uh, have that fellowship with each other, be able to go cheer their, their sure. son or their daughter on, their, their child, their grandchild they want that so we'll have more conversations um i want to thank billy mack my producer and just remind everyone as i said earlier just be kind to everyone be patient with people these are hard times we'll get through this and, and and we'll get through it because of people like here with me today thank you and we'll see you next week